You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Mindy Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Hope you're doing well and staying sane. I don't know where you are in the world or what stage of reopening you're at or when you're even listening to this. If you're listening to this in May 2020, girl, I don't know if you're a girl or not, but girl, <laughs> what is life? Okay. Anyway, got that out of the way. Um, yeah, I hope you're all staying healthy, social distancing, wash your freaking hands, drink water, get lots of rest, stay healthy. That is a request and a demand. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to have this episode. Um, it's been a moment since we kind of gotten to talk. We've gotten to, <laughs> we've, it's been a moment since we've been able to talk about something kind of lighter. So uh, this is a very welcomed conversation. And uh, I was really fortunate to sit down with Kevin Wen. And when you say to yourself, which Kevin Wen, it's kind of like the same if you're Korean and saying John Kim or David Lee. or I mean, there's so many. You know, I didn't know that Kevin Wen was like a thing, except for the fact that this is the second Kevin Wen that I know. Um, but this is one of my uh, Patreon patrons, Kevin Wen, who is a scholar and a gentleman. And we got to sit down to talk about dating and relationships. And Kevin's a very academic person. Uh, he has been pursuing careers in uh, academia. And that world is just really fascinating to me. It's very, very uh, intriguing to me, but very foreign from mine, obviously being a creative and working in Hollywood and all that stuff in the nonprofit world. But uh, I've definitely had a really big heart for the work that is done in academia to educate and inspire and lift up the next generation of brilliant minds. And so that's what Kevin's world entails. But we've had some really great conversations about his experiences with relationships, but also what he's been discovering within himself along that path. So we just wanted to share this great little chat about um, relationships, especially in this time of coronavirus and how that's kind of shaped the way we're interacting with people. I mean, this is tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to discover, but this was an introductory conversation. I'm super, super grateful that Kevin took the time to sit down with me and talk this through and to open up about really personal things. You know, it's not that easy to just dissect yourself and your habits and your attitudes and just put that out there into the world. So thank you to Kevin for being so gracious with your life. It's really great. And yeah, before we jump into the episode, do want to put out uh, the plug that if you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber, shout out to my Patreon patrons. I love you so much. We have weekly weekly Google Hangouts you get, depending on which tier, my stickers and all that stuff. I haven't plugged that. It feels still feels a little funny to me to be like, get my stickers. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm just saying, uh, yeah, it's part of my thing. They exist. I want them out there if they can bring positivity and light into your world. So check it out. You can find uh, pictures of them at First of All Pod uh, on my Instagram. And you can follow me, my personal pages, at Minjeezy. Uh, hit me up. If you'd like to talk to me, 
reach out for whatever reason, you can email first of all pod at gmail.com. And I really just want to thank so many of the listeners out there who have been going out of their way to message me, to DM me, um, to tag me. It's so, 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 so appreciated. I mean, it is always appreciated, but you know, I, like anybody else in this time, have had dips. <laughs> Let's just call it dips. Had dips in uh, feeling hope and encouragement. So just know that it is so, I'm so grateful for it. And I really take that encouragement to heart. And I fuel myself to keep creating and to keep having these conversations to make you laugh or think or feel or feel seen, you know, all of the above in this crazy time, it's going to continue being a little nutty. You know, we don't, this is a new normal. So I want to keep contributing to whatever positivity I can. And those who have fed me with their positivity, I, I really, really appreciate it. So I'll pay it forward. I'll put it back into the work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, if you haven't yet fill out the census, <laughs> census 2020, be counted you're living in the United States, uh, this is a very significant moment that happens every 10 years and it allocates where billions upon billions upon billions. Oh my God, I sound like Donald Trump. F my life. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. It's just like embedded in my subconscious. Ugh, I need to like cleanse my brain. But it does allocate billions of dollars where for, uh, resources and funds are going to go towards public spaces, towards different uh, initiatives and organizations. And we all really, really need to be counted, make sure that we are accounted for. And it's a way to keep accountability to where all these resources that are ours get allocated, where they go. So do not get lazy. Don't be forgetful. We don't do negatives here. Let's turn that into positives. Remember to do this. Prioritize it value it, and make it happen. I believe in you. And uh, make sure that you're wearing your mask. I'm seeing way too many people in LA with no mask and starting to cheese me off. I, I've i already complained about this to my parents and they're like, do not say anything. Don't start like chastising people in the streets. And I'm not going to, I don't think, but I don't know. Is there a cute way that people are like, I don't know, in like a cuter way than leaving your jerk Parker, you know, those like business cars that you leave on someone's windshield, not trying to do that. But you know, like, what's a cute way? Can we get creative? What's a good way to encourage people to be responsible human beings and wear their masks? I don't know. I'm going to think about it. If you have an idea, again, I just shared my email address, firstofallpod at gmail.com or hit me up at firstofallpod on Instagram and tell me what you think, because this needs to improve. Let's improve this. Okay, we're on this together. All right. Well, without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this episode on the new normal dating relationships. And it only takes one with Kevin Wen. Hey. Enjoy. Neon, neon. Hey, my I'm tired of a Boy, you played yourself with your nonsense. Hey, I, I don't, don't know, know what you're saying. But I'm cool. All right. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah? You're doing well? Yeah, I'm doing well during this quarantine. It's great, isn't it? It's just... Uh... <laughs> 
I know it's okay. it's a yeah, it's a new ride for everyone. Um, and it, I just it's very unprecedented times right now with um, everything, and just kind of take everything day by day. One hundred percent. I've never been particularly good at that. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, a very good day by day person. Have you noticed? Is that is that your usual, or is that something that has been challenging for you as well? I think for myself, it is challenging of not knowing um, what to do the next steps. So for myself, um, working at a college right now, um, students are anxious of not knowing what's happening every single day, and and how can we make these decisions that can impact. Um, the institution, but also impact the students that we're serving. And I'm like, and then I'm like, we don't know what's going on because we have to go by what Newsom says and what is the county is saying. And and I know it's it's hard for all of us. And I the thing is, all of us might not have the answer. And it's just it's just difficult for everyone. And not everyone's going to have the answer with everything. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's just even a reminder that the amount of certainty we ever did have wasn't that much, but it was enough to kind of get us going um, and to not take that for granted. Because I do feel like once things start to, quote unquote, get normal again, which there I just don't it's going to be the new normal, which we're all kind of accepting right now. It's going to be a new normal, not go back to normal, but it, it will be to not take certainty for granted or plans for granted or, you know, some level of assurance of what tomorrow will bring. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's a really valuable thing to have. Oh, yeah. And then I say um, now it's important from seeing from this what's going on is being more proactive versus being reactive. And I feel like a lot of things are doing right now is being reactive. But now we know how to be proactive in the future um, whenever this happens again or will not happen again. Right. Well, I feel like that's that's the it's funny. I just had a an episode and conversation about leadership with my friend Andrew Chow, who's the founder of Boba Guys, but he's also very embedded in like the small business world. But it's just talking about the future. I, I actually I, I will I will go there because I don't want to go off into too crazy <laughs> of a tangent, but um we're gonna do the best that we can. It, oh, I yeah. hope that people do listen to that because it was a lot, a lot about leadership and about how we are. It's not just like the the paradigm of being a business owner, but that we are leaders of our own lives and that we have to be able to steer our ships and figure out how to navigate things in times of uncertainty, how to like stay agile. Uh, there's a lot of terminology there, but um, but anyway, before I go into that tangent, I, I want to bring it back to you and me. Kevin, can you, I, I would love for people to get to know you. I just did a quick intro of you um, in, in the intro, but what what's your background? Like, how did we connect? I would love to hear from your side. Sure, yeah. A um, little bit of background about myself. Um, so my name is Kevin Nguyen. So you got to have at least a, a Kevin Nguyen in your podcast. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, and um, so I'm from um, Orange County. I'm from the OC, I'm born and raised. And so right now, my career right now is um, I currently am a higher education professional. So my whole career has been supporting um, college students from community college all the way to doctoral master's um, students. Um, So I've 
supported students in all different ways of life and helping them be successful. And um, and also currently I'm pursuing my PhD in higher education and I have a master's in counseling. So I do have a little bit of a counseling background and mental health background, but also uh, more in the educational route too. Because for myself, the reason I... Um, um, in this field is we have a lack of representation when it comes to education. And um, I did really see that many um, Asian Americans um, to really look, look up to, only the few. And I really wanted to do something that's outside. And I was not passionate within more in the STEM field, um, like my parents wanted me to. So I fell in love with um, education. And this is where I am. And, um, how I got into this podcast was I, um, I supported Minji on Patreon and, um, she saw the interesting background that I have in serving, um, um, college students, but also my expertise and research interest is in supporting, um, Asian American students, but also professional. So a little bit of my research is like the bamboo and glass ceiling. So it was really fascinating with, um, last week's episode, like this, this week's episode that I would, I just watched about, um, what about uh, one of the guests that you had last, uh, this past, um, episode about like, uh, about their careers. And this is kind of like something I, I do research, but more in the education route. And mm-hmm. it's really fascinating about how there is a podcast about glass and bamboo ceiling. So it was really fascinating with that. So that's what I'm doing it more in the academic um, side of things. Um, and then, and then really great um, to share about that. And then for me, um, I'm trying to do more, um, I'm transitioning more consulting right now, learning more consulting um, in the higher education realm, but a lot of people are really fascinated with um, more about my experiences as a Asian American male in a millennial life um, in dating. Um, I know it can be very difficult um, as a Asian American male, but also I think we have a lot of different um, cultural upbringings of how it can be difficult for us. Um, Cause I feel like when we're younger that um, how we were told to just concentrate on academics and and then we're never really um, be exposed as much and kind of more like in the game. So um, that's something I'm really passionate and supporting um, others um, the best I can within um, my community be exposed about um, my own experiences, but also trying to help other um other Asian American males that, you know, we're not meek. Um, there is ways to um, help each other and really be better people and how to really navigate um, this current um, state with dating. And it can be really difficult, um, really. It's something I'm still learning. And um, but I really believe in everything is a teachable moment. And that's kind of a little bit uh, a gist about it about myself, but was there anything else you wanted to think, um, to share the rest of the the guests? No, I think you got, that was a really, really great intro. And I, I just want to say that I, I love, uh, we, we got to chat, you know, when, when you first oh, yeah. became a Patreon patron, thank you. First of all, uh, that was just so kind of you, um, to believe in me and this podcast. And it was so great to talk to you and just getting to know each other. Um, your background, I, I, 
I am a self-proclaimed nerd. I've, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, school. I was like, oh, school. Uh, I liked going to school. I liked doing the whole academic route. I dealt with a lot of like the same hardship as any person has. But I think that people who pursue higher education um, have always fascinated me because it was something that I entertained as a younger person. Like, oh, do I want to be a teacher or a professor or because uh, I just enjoyed it so much when I had good teachers. Right. When you have terrible teachers, that's a different thing. But um, the good ones, the ones that really made a difference and made me think and made me feel engaged. I genuinely still to this day really credit them for changing and shaping my life. So I was super excited to find out that that's your background and that you're passionate about mental health and the things that you brought up. Even in the email that you sent me was so, uh, when we first connected, I, I just loved all of it because it's stuff that I'm really passionate about. And it's cool that you do the research and you approach it from a different, uh, kind of like data driven and academic like an academic foundation to approach these, these conceptual abstract things like relationships and mental health and higher education. And that's such an un, like you're saying, like an underrepresented arena where we don't get to really hear about that. So I'm excited that you're here and I'm really glad that we can talk about relationships. We can talk about your career because they, to me, the way, as you know, you've gotten familiar with like my side of my, my opinions on things. I think that they're all so heavily integrated with each other that we can try to compartmentalize these topics into discrete topics. And yeah, you could, you could talk about them as just academics or just career or just family life or just relationships, but that's the reality of it is they're all interwoven with each other. Right. And like when you influence one, it affects the other. When you choose a career, it influence, it impacts your family, it impacts your relationships. And so I like to look at a lot of those things holistically as much as I do like to get nitty gritty on like a certain topic. Um, so I'm just excited to have you here because I want to dig into your brain and and hear about not only your experiences, but like your perspective because you have this specific background. I think uh, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to an, an enlightening conversation. I'm going to get schooled here from the academic world. <laughs> Um, so Kevin, can you, when we talked, you know, we we're brainstorming like, okay, well, can we sit down and chat about? Cause when we first had our conversation, we covered a lot of ground and, um, just getting to know background and like how you got where you are. And we decided like, Hey, it'd be actually a really good time to talk about relationships, about dating, because even though we are in this coronavirus pandemic and we're experiencing quarantine, though currently there are varying levels of this being lifted. Um, I think it would be silly to like, to know, to not note the fact that we are entering kind of a new normal, not kind of, we're entering a new normal. The way that we have been approaching relationships could be shifting drastically, but also there might be some inherent things that are not going to change. So even though we're going to be speaking about relationships in terms of like anecdotal things, which existed in a paradigm before now, <laughs> before Corona BC, I think that, you know, from that, there's still going to be things that are totally relevant and, um, you know, applicable to the post coronavirus life that we're going to be living. I'm curious, like what about it? Like, where would you want to start on your, uh, your reflections on relationships? Like, I'm curious, on the Asian male perspective, uh, 
because we have approached this, but no, there's no one person that becomes the spokesperson for oh, all yeah. Asian totally. perspectives. Oh yeah, like, yeah just, totally. Like, I'm not the, I'm not the spokesperson. I'm for sure. I'm going to talk just um, <laughs> from my experiences. Um, so I mean, from my experience, like I have grown immensely. Um, so the background is for sure. Um, high school, you know, I did not, you know, think of dating for sure. I've had the little bit of high school crushes, but I think all of us were sometimes meek to really share about our feelings. And then kind of in high school, you know, I mean, a little bit of college, you kind of like a little bit, I think gain a little bit more confidence, but still like, I think for us, we always think about like, Oh, what are they going to think about us? Like, or, or maybe failed of rejection. I think it's so hard because I think for me, I always view about like, you know, you always want to do the best you can, but also you're worried of rejection and really seeing like, is this the right way of saying it? Is this the way perceiving? Um, and for myself, um, and really just doing the best I can to support the other person who like I was dating and such. Um, but understanding, like, I think I've learned and grown, um, that, um, you know, just also think about yourself, um, in the relationship and such. And, um, and I, for myself, I was just reflecting a lot of like my previous experiences that, I mean, in early, a little bit of college, I feel like I was joking about like how when we're younger, we're a little bit clingy because I think we don't have stuff to keep busy. Um, because sometimes we just have college we're just going to classes or sometimes we have a little bit of a part-time job um so that was the only thing i was doing and then sometimes you don't really think about hanging out with your friends and you sometimes you want to just hang out with your significant other and just really thinking about that and i realized like you know what maybe there is importance of for now for me like um, working and such and, and balancing coursework, I think it's important to have that balance of, you know, I have my own time doing my professional stuff and school stuff, but also time with my friends, but also still, still make time for the significant other whenever I have one. I think it's important to have that balance. Um, that's what I learned, um, when I was younger with that. And yeah, go ahead. Oh, so I'm just curious. Um, when did you, when would you say that you did actually officially start dating? How old were you? I would say I was 18. So 18, I was got it. 18 years old. I was a freshman in college. Um, my first girlfriend, um, she was a high school senior and, you know, we, um, we dated and went really well. And I think, um, I, try to make things work. And then I think the important thing I, I really saw from it was communication is very important. And, um, and really, um, the funny story out of it, um, I always say in the end, like, you know, when it's a bad breakup, when there's bad things, um, the after effects. Um, so for me, I always share about this experience of, um, so, um, so my ex, um, but when we were still dating, um, it was like a thing back then, you know, we always want to go to Disneyland. I had a Disney pass already. So she borrowed money from me, um, for Disneyland. And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, you can borrow some of my money, um, for a Disney pass. It's just borrowing. I'm not gifting it. 
And then, um, and then the end of, um, our relationship, you know, I was asking like, you know what, like, I think it's fair. Like, you know, I gave a little bit of fair time, um, that you had borrowed money, even though we had ended things. And, um, she gave, she gave me back, uh, money in rolls of quarters. In rolls of quarters? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, yes. It's, I was like, I was being respectful. Was that- was that so did you take that as a, an attack was that like supposed to be a, a what, what do you think the the meaning of that action was I mean for me like you know I respect that you're going to use every resort possible like uh, to provide the money but I just think it's like a little bit a little bit petty I think you know you could have like maybe exchanged it in like made it in cash or or write a check if you need to deposit the coins or um but i mean it was it was just funny of like it was a bit like i would say petty of it um and also trying to cut down the the amount of money owed um so so yeah that That's, was yeah sorry i didn't want to jump to conclusions because <laughs> nice, I, nice. I when i heard that i was like that sounds like uh it sounds like a clapback thing of like, oh, you want me to pay you back? Here's your money back in quarters. <laughs> but who knows? Like that, I I, I apologize because I was like just assuming like she's being petty. That's how it came off. But uh, I don't know. Maybe she was in in a specific financial situation where she couldn't give you anything except quarters. I don't know. I mean, it was like I would say like a little bit of half and half. Like for sure, it's like a half clap, and then for sure, like you know, we got to resort to ways. But I mean, it's a half I, clap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's still. Like, like uh, a little bit balance of that but I think it's like a, like for sure you know I've learned from this like experience like you know it's important to really realize about like a little bit you know adulting of like you know being mindful of like who who you're gonna um, have someone to borrow money from um, and for me I just learned from it that like it's important to be really mindful of like who are you gonna let someone to borrow money and stuff so that was something like I, you know, for me, I, I learned from, and then, um, and then for sure, after that experience, like, um, I still con- continued concentrating on school. Like, I think I, like, for sure, actively, um, dated, I think, near the end of, um, my, my undergrad. So about, um, so maybe 20 years old, 21 years old, I started like actively dating. So I, it was my first time really trying online dating. So I tried, I think back then was the really big thing was like, okay, Cupid. So I did like, okay, Cupid. And, um, and then I did like, like that, okay, Cupid. And then I think it was like the beginning of, um, coffee meets bagel and such. So it was back in 2013. So I did that. Um, so pretty much I've been on and off, like it just really depending on like when I have relationships um, or when it's over, um, pretty much on and off different apps since 2013, about six years. Um, and and then recently, um, like um, for me, I, I go to a counselor every once a month, um, even though I'm a counselor myself, but I think it's important um, to really have a, a third party, kind of like a different perspective on things. Um, and then for me is, um, I can't help others until I work on myself. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a, that's a, that's a mantra I go by. Like I can't work on, like, I need to work on myself before I can help others. Um, and that's something I, I think that's important, um, to do because like, you know, sometimes 
for me, like when I was counseling, like you, you do hold a lot of baggage, but you, you're not forcing holding it. But I think it just, it just naturally like that. And then kind of like, um, working throughout the ways. And, um, what I worked with my counselor about was like, what's, what's up with this? You know, I've been going, you know, dating a lot back and forth. Like, what do you think is the issue, you know, for me, you know, being, nice, respectful, um, you know, just being just a really good guy. And she said, like, um, you know, try to jot down a way of reflecting all the people that maybe you've, you've dated. And I, I did that. I actually, you know, semi journaled and really kind of list through like, um, like what happened from each one. And, um, and then, and that's what I did. Um, and just, I got a lot of themes out of it and, um, a lot of themes of, um, kind of from my first instance about like, you know, important not to be clingy, but also, um, a huge, I'm a huge thing on, um, uh, against on, I'm, I'm huge against flaking. Um, it's very huge. Flaking is very like, like, you know, rescheduling. I know it can be difficult. Um, life happens, but I just think that when it's a multiple, happens between like amongst like trying to set up set up a day i just and if there's gonna be a continual process like it's gonna happen going later on if you truly go on with a relationship with that person and and it's very it can be continually a habit or habit very like very continual habit and i'm like is this something um and then i think for myself um very similar like you know, I said like, oh, maybe first time, second time we schedule like, oh, it's not a problem. But I think it's important. I think I've learned is like to be really semi upfront, like, you know, like what, how's your scheduling habit or kind of ways of it? Um, Because I just think, you know, I always view things of like, it's not just your time, but also it's our time. It's like, I have to make my scheduling and I could have done something else, but I had dedicated my time to spend with with you during the state. Um, well, yeah, and- it's, it's showing a lack of respect. It's like not, it's not oh, yeah. respecting your time or your energy or your effort and just feeling like, okay, you can just switch to and cater to my schedule or whatever. whatever oh yeah. You feel like. Yeah. So that's what I, I really, um, really learned, um, from, from my like early instances. Like, I think it's open to really, you know, show a little bit of your feelings. Like, you know what? Like, I understand that, it can be like emergency, but I just want to hear, I just want to explain to you my story. Like, you know, I could have explained like, you know, this is, you know, I could have had these plans and like, um, and then my thing is like, if you bail out, um, on me, um, then you got to work on my schedule, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that. Cause I think it's like, like, you know, um, you know, if you've been accommodating, then, then kind of switch, kind of a little bit flip the script the best as I can. Um, and I just think it's not just in relationships, but I think it's, you know, with friends. I mean, for sure, I feel like we all have that this one friend that is going to flake. And, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot. Of, in general, relationships include all 
all oh, yeah. people. There's different stakes when you're dealing with like a romantic relationship and when you're um, approaching somebody that you want to potentially spend a, a significant amount of time, you're going to invest a lot of different feelings and intimacy and everything when you're dating somebody. So I think the stakes are a little bit different, but oh, yeah. in general, I think the dynamics are very much the same. And I'm curious if you're, if you're willing, cause we kind of went from like your very first relationship, which sure. is when you're 18 sure. and you started doing this online dating. I'm guessing like, and correct me if I'm wrong, if you um, felt like it was something that uh, needed to be brought up with a counselor, which I am not at all judging because I I am in therapy and I that's a lot of what I talk about are my intimate relationships and my um, romantic relationship, my past. What were there? So I I wouldn't. I guess I'm taking an educated guess that there were different different challenges that were coming up repeatedly that sure, made, yeah. th- that made you need to kind of talk. Are you cool with like sharing oh, yeah, about sure, what yeah. those were? Oh yeah, sure. Because you, yeah. you, you already, it sounds like you already were alluding to it because you're saying that people were flaking on you kind of like not taking you seriously or, or you're feeling that because it just, there wasn't a certain level of progress. Is that, can you elaborate sure, on that? Sure. Um, yeah, for me, I think, uh, what pattern that I got from kind of like working with a counselor about was I think I was being for sure, uh, too nice, uh, fit their needs and not really explaining like, this is like something like I, this was not really, um, really not okay. Uh, and then, and then I think we're just so used to, uh, me, like for me, like just meeting the needs of my partner and stuff. And I think it's important that, um, it's kind of like a two way street. Um, so that's what I learned. And, yeah. um, it's definitely a two way street, not a kind of, I personally, for oh, me, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. it's a two way street. And I think, um, what I really was, was really learning from is, um, it's not just, checking the box um of really like is this going like oh this person's great of this this thing like oh education educated okay the traits it's all there um but i think it's not just that but also um are you really interested in this person are you really thinking of emotional connection do you think maybe are you attracted to this person not just thinking about on the the front end of things like more of like on the face of like like kind of like that like on paper, they're great. Um, they, yeah. Oh, they're, they're well respected or they're really smart. They have a high GPA. They, they check off all the boxes and oh, they're worthy of my time. It's like, I, I think the, the fun part when it comes to dating and when you get a feeling about somebody is the X factor. It's the, it's the non quantifiable part of it where you just yeah. feel ke- chemistry, you know, like I guess chemistry and attraction would be like you're oh, yeah. referring to are really important, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. That's what makes it special. Oh yeah. Um, and then um, I got from that and I think a huge thing um, I really was working on, I think was um, getting closure. I think a lot, sometimes in my previous experience, like I did not get closure, like, like so for sure I've had previous relationships, how, some of them fell off the face of the earth. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've had that happen. Um, I'm like, I never, I know I, one instance was I was um, dating um, this person and, you know, we dated for about six, about six months. Um, and um, she was um, studying for the bar, you know, for sure. I gave her space, you know, once things settled down, I'm like, 
yeah, let's let's totally, you know, go back into the group of things and just never really got to um to pan out um once things get back. And then um and then what happened was like I didn't know where she was at for maybe a week. Um and they got text messages like, Oh yeah, I was actually in Hawaii for a week. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like I didn't hear anything. Um and I was like, let's let's hang out. Let's 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 go on a date and then let's catch up and really work and resolve some things. And I was like, I was like, you know, was there a problem issue? Like I just did not hear from you. And and then and she's like, I'm sorry, this and that. And I'm like, okay, like and and then after that that date, I never heard from her ever again. Like, you know, I was trying to be actively like, what's up? Really like let's let's work it through and and then um and never 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 know but um i think so she she never was did you try reaching out to i'm so sorry i'm like praying oh, but no, i'm no, curious I, did you did you did you like actively try to be like hey can we talk like where did you go i'd love to like yeah closure I, with you yeah and I, she just stopped responding oh yeah after let's stop responding and the let's funny thing <laughs> the funny thing was like she was older than me uh mm-hmm. too that was funny like i think it was like two two years older than me i'm like like what's oh, up age has nothing i mean the main yeah. thing i've learned age has oh, yeah. nothing to do with oh yeah anything. <laughs> <laughs> no age that's, doesn't number <laughs> yeah um, for sure um yeah so so that was that sucks i'm so sorry oh no worries like i learned from it and i think um that was like a running theme like uh, closure and I think um, and also feedback I think um, many of us might get responses of um, it's not you it's me type of responses and for me personally I think there's always something um, about the person that like when they say like it's not you it's me like for sure there's a little bit of something of is not working, but also like, at least like, you know, if this, you know, I, you know, if you truly respect me and such, and then it really was a good relationship, then at least like, if possible, and give me the decency of like, was there anything um, that just didn't really work out? So for me to move, to move forward and move on and have closure and for me, you know, to move on and work towards whatever the issue was. So, so for the, the future relationships and such. I think that's a really mature <laughs> mindset, Kevin. I, I applaud you. No, that's, I think it's so great. And it's really interesting because I'm very fascinated kind of about the female male dynamics, the way that we are fundamentally different. And we're talking about like, again, heterosexual relationships, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that, uh, you know, that there's a, there's a duality and there's a complexity to it because there's a difference. There's, there's not the same approach. It's not the same wiring in the brain of, I think with men, if you wanted to be very simplistic about it, men are very input output. It's like you, you put something in, you get something out. Women, it's a little bit more complex or more nuanced. And it's like more like a web or a cloud that there's a lot of interconnecting uh, components versus A, B, and C. It's not a linear thing for women. There's like so many different things. And to, to go through all those things are very different for each individual. Um, but that's what I think is so interesting that men, you know, the, the, the conflict can arise from, Men want that immediate feedback. And if they don't, they're confused. And for women, it's like, well, why don't you just know? Or why can you not figure it out? Why can you not read between the lines? It's, it's the, it's the endless, uh, dance, right? This is oh, yeah. why we have 
That's why we talk about it because it's hard to figure out, right? It's not, it's not easy. But I, I applaud the fact that you're willing to have that feedback. And I'll say from like a female perspective, maybe why, and I don't know if this is something that you've already heard. So you tell me, but um, I've definitely have ghosted before. And oh, yeah. I do, when I have had to reject guys um, that were interested in me, and that I wasn't interested in back or I just wasn't, there was a level of just being a coward and um, running away. But, and it was fueled by the fact that I didn't want to hurt someone's feelings, but running away and never speaking to someone is hurtful no matter what. Right. Yeah. So um, I do think there's a level of cowardice. So I, I wanted to say anybody who ghosts, that's not cool. Like even to myself, like looking back, I, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd just been brave enough and had integrity and just been like, Hey, I'm actually not, the easiest way I put it was like, I'm not romantically interested in you. Like, I just don't oh, yeah. feel that way towards you. That's simple, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's um, simple. Yeah. But for me, it's just to like, not to justify that behavior, but it was really coming from a place. Like, I don't want to, re- I don't want to reject that person. I don't want to hurt their feelings by saying, Hey, I don't find you attractive or whatever it is that, that, um, uh, having to say that or convey that to someone is really scary and sucky. Um, it still needs to be done. I mean, if that's, yeah. but finding the way to do that is, I'm assuming a large reason why people just run away from doing it. Cause they ultimately don't want to be responsible for hurting your feelings, right. For being the one to reject you. Cause getting rejected is such a sucky feeling. It is oh, terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, on your end, you're just like left in the dust. You're like, what the hell just <laughs> happened? Yeah. I mean, and then, and then I think for sure, um, I think, you know, a little bit, it's been over six, seven years, you know, really actively dating and over a span of, uh, like I'm not a player, I'm not a player, but like, uh, like over like a hundred women, like I, I, you know, it just, you know, it just dates and more of that. And I think, you know, it just, it's something I learned like of way of approaching and each person's very different of really like interacting. Um, and then, I've learned that, I mean, it's a really hard analogy. I say it's kind of like what I've learned is like a little bit of, I don't want to say like a job, like kind of like a job interview, but like we're not like interviewing questions, but kind of like think of it like the aspect of the interviewee and the interviewer. Like it's not just the interviewer is trying to oppress the interviewee, but also vice versa. Like, like it, like is like the person that like, if I'm interviewing for the job, like, do I feel like it's a good fit for the company? Like, and then the company is a good fit for me too. It's kind of like back and forth. Um, and that's how I view it too. Like, um, like it's not just me that needs, needs to make a great impression, but the other person needs to make a, a make a great, great impression too. Um, right. and not and, everyone has yeah. that attitude, right? Sorry, oh, yeah. no, no problem. Um, and then, and then something I learned about job interviews, like something like when you're like an interviewee, like, like, um, like when you're the interviewer, like, you know, you have to send rejections. Like, I'm sorry. Like you are a really great prospect and such. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> like you're not going to get the job. Like it's kind of like the same thing. Like it's like, you know, when you're a manager, like, you know, like you don't want to deliver this news, but like it just, it just has to be done, you know? And some, right. the worst of jobs sometimes like they don't tell you why you didn't get the job sometimes. Like it's just like, like, oh, oh yeah, we have this you- great pool, but yeah, it's like same thing for like, like for yourself with casting, I'm like, oh, you know, they didn't cast you, but why and all that stuff. But yeah, for sure. I think it's really funny that you mentioned, you know, 
that you're really focused on academics and everything like that. And that, that might be a signature thing for a lot of Asian Americans or just in general, you know, people kind of enter that phase of their life at a different point. But I do think in, in cultural aspects, you know, a lot of Asian Americans that are the children of immigrants were not necessarily given a lot of guidance or any at all. And I think oh, yeah. left to their own devices and no uh, role models, except for what's basically on TV and in movies oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, to give you some sort of like guidelines of how it's supposed to go. And I'm curious, um, you know, like it, I love <laughs> the way that you even explain it, Kevin is really interesting. <laughs> it's fascinating to me because it, it feels like a very academic approach to like, you're in a data collection <laughs> mode and you're just trying to like delineate what categories and how this, this subset of data kind of like, and I think that it's very smart. It is. I think sometimes for the highly emotional people like myself, that it's good to look at things very objectively and just say like, Hey, what are, what are repeated patterns or what are, what are the ways that I'm approaching this that may, may not be really working for me it, sometimes because right now when you're not given tools or anything you know you're just like it's trial and error you're just yeah. going out there and yeah. experiencing things talking to different people falling for people for a whole boatload of reasons like whether oh, yeah. they're just hot or like you have daddy issues or whatever it is <laughs> who knows like we're attracted to so many different people for oh, different yeah. reasons right and I'm curious, like w- looking back in hindsight, and I don't know if you've talked about this with your counselor or anything, where, where do you think your, um, modeling came from? Like, where do you, how do you, how did you first approach it? Where do you think were the most influential elements of you as a romantic <laughs> individual, like as that romantic sure. identity? Sure. Um, I think for sure in the beginning when I was like dating, like straight, when I was 18 years old, I think what I modeled was what your parents want. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of like, like, you know, you, you know, we have for like 18 years of, of, of synced in our brain, what our parents would want in, 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 in the future, um, future person, uh, future, you know, future wife and such. And I, and then <laughs> I think, you know, really seeing like, you know, this is what they're, you know, pleasing them and such. And I think that's, kind of the influence I got when I was younger and then were they now, really vocal I wouldn't say like vocal but I would say like for sure a little bit of like offhanded comments um mm. and um and then for sure you know for sure a little bit of like into it and I think for myself um now like I think you know I do acknowledge my parents like you know like for sure they do want someone that is similar cultures and, and then whatever is convenient for them, you know, for sure they would love <laughs> to have like, uh, like for me, my future mate to speak Vietnamese. Cause you know, it's easy for them, but I mean, right. understanding that like, it's not just out of convenience. And I feel like um, a lot where, what from, from like just hearing about like past stories about, um about like about dating it felt like a very a lot of convenience like um, when I was reading um Aziz Ansari's book like a lot of the dating was very convenience and my for sure just sounded like from hearing from my parents and other um other like like older couples and and grandparents and it just felt like very convenience and now like a lot more people's like like what really clicks and what are you really really wanting like kind of like what you're saying like the x factor um with things and then uh for myself like i think um from to now um i think a little bit 
it, it took time to be more open-minded of what really am I interested? I think for more when I was younger, like, you know, they have to fit in this box, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and then, and now I'm like, I have to be more open-minded because like, um, I think it's important to be open-minded. Um, and then I think what I learned, um, I, I was just really liking this movie. Like I was like watching, like, I didn't realize I was like 14 years old. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Saving Face. That sounds familiar, but it's not ringing a bell off the top of my head. So it's an interesting, um, interesting movie um, about how like Chinese culture, like really like it was like very isn't back in 2004 about like how, um, you know, you're trying, you're really trying to save, save face, like save face, like I'm not doing things out of like, out of like disrespect to the family. You don't want to be shunned from your family and and such. And just really thinking like, you know, really thinking when I was younger, like, if I'm dating this person that maybe it's out of my race, like, am I going to be shunned from the family? Kind of like that. Um, and yeah, it sounds that's like, so real. And it sounds like, yeah, for sure, it's, it's a, like, not my family, but like, for sure, it really is like that within other families sometimes. Like, um, some people, like, they might feel a little bit shunned out of their families. And, yeah. and I know it's difficult of that. And then, and I see that, like, you know, sometimes you got to break the barriers. And I mean, it's, it's 2020. <laughs> um, right. with that. Well, I, I think it's, it's very telling of, of generations, right? So we can look at it from a cultural standpoint, which I think is very, very relevant, but it's also just, if you look at just, just time, right. And you look across cultures that we were saying about convenience, it was about convenience and it was about resourcefulness. It was about sharing resources, that relationships were not about romance and love, that that was a very, that was a very secondary tertiary, maybe even like way below in terms of like, Hey, can this person help me survive? Can we join forces to, um, produce a good family to help each other to, uh, cover more ground or whatever. You know what I mean? It was about empires and resource sharing and and survival more than it was about love and romance. Right. So I feel like it's still in the grand scheme of like all of humanity. It's still a really novel concept to be seeking marriage or seeking a partner for the pleasure of it, for, for the fulfillment of it. I think that it's still something that we're all really learning because even one generation up, which is our parents, right? My parents, didn't date like they fell in love and as teenagers and they didn't date other people it was just like it was part of that culture my dad like staked his claim and like basically it's like hey you you're it that's kind of how he approached my mom and she kind of was it and they they don't know that world and whereas I've dated you know many guys and that's just one generation apart it's like a completely different existence so even the way that our parents will approach our love lives our dating lives and their recommendations and their desires and their wishes or their demands or their expectations is really really different it's a extremely big jump you know what i mean like i just want to take a second to recognize that because whether you're asian american or like come from an immigrant family or, or not i think just generationally speaking we have jumped very, very big distance from just uh, survival and convenience and family ties and culture to like personal fulfillment. I think that's a huge difference between our 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 perspectives, right? But there's still, like you said, like there's a part of you, a huge part of you, depending on who you are, 
that cares about keeping your parents happy or fulfilling their wishes or or carrying on a legacy or a tradition, right? And I just feel like that's what fascinates me about humans is that we create a lot of rules, even if they're not said out loud, right? So, I mean, I have so many friends that even nothing to do with race, like race is definitely a big thing and for a lot of families, but even just like on religion and and beliefs, like they have to marry someone who's Christian or they have to marry someone who's Hindu or they have to marry someone that's whatever, right? Like Jewish or like... That's like a requirement, especially given from the parents to the children or from the greater society, like everyone around them marries within that specific group. It's going to be very uncomfortable and scary for some people to branch outside of that. So it's one thing to be open minded, like you're saying, which I admire. And I think that it's great. But to actually step out there and date someone that is dating with the maybe possibility of like truly spending the rest of your life with that person, that's a big deal that's not a a small thing. Right. Um, did you ever have like a conversation with your parents about that? Like, as you're like experiencing things and becoming more open-minded yourself, was that something that you outwardly discussed? Because I know that there's a little, there's a whole mess of different kinds of relationships out there with other people in your life that you can explain that to or not. Were you able to like talk about that? Yeah. So with my parents, like, I think, um, for sure. I think it's, it's so funny. Like, I feel like re- really thinking about like how, like, for sure, my parent, my relationship with my parents, like for sure, really thinking about like how they were so, when you're younger, you know, they're, they're so strict on us, like, you know, like the tiger mom and all that stuff. And then it's interesting, like instantly now, like, I feel like more in your, your mid twenties and early on now, like it's just more comfortable. Like if you, I feel like it's more like, I wish I had this type of relationship when I was younger, <laughs> Um, so just being more open with my parents, like, so my parents are really open, the understanding for me, like, you know, like I'm kind of like dating around and really seeing like what works. Um, my parents were very, like, I would say very similar. So my mom, um, like, you know, she, like when she came here to the United States, like, you know, she had for sure met my dad, um, like in the early eighties, but then didn't really work out but then she had met other guys and dated and see if it works out but then how they cross paths again and um, and then they were like oh we're we're pretty much at age to really like settle down they're like oh why not so it sounded like it was a little bit of like like kind of like you're saying the same thing as like you know settling down and like a little bit of convenience but also my mom understands the importance of you know what's really able to like what's seeing out there and such and our parents you know you know, I'm, I'm semi pretty open to my parents, but like, you know, sometimes like who I'm like dating or, or like really are talking or get to know. Um, but you know, they really like really try to understand like, you know, so, so what, what do they do or what, like, what is their ethnicity and all that good stuff. And, um, and then for me, it's very negative. I, I just really sucks to hear like body image is so important within parents. Like, it's like, you know, like, uh, like body image and important, you know, they shouldn't be like, uh, too obese and this and that. Um, but I just think that it's just interesting, like, you know, that, that continues still that continual culture of body shaming within, within, like, within the, within the parents, like it just still continually that. And I'm like, um, and it's, you know, it's for sure difficult for sure. Um, on the side of, um, for sure, um, on the side of women, cause my mom is like, you know, like, oh, if this person, um, 
is gonna is it's gonna have your kids it's gonna be difficult and blah 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 but it's just like interesting of like they're really still thinking about like the the aspect of image and and such mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i 100% resonate with what you're saying and also I do wonder because the older I get, I personally try to see things a little bit beyond what my parents just say, because the more that the older I get, the more I find weirdly that I agree with a lot of things (laughs) that my parents have said that I completely rebelled against when I was younger. And I was like, that's racist and that's terrible. Racist stuff. I don't agree with them. Um, They boost up a lot. But in terms of like practicality, when it comes to money, when it comes to things that when you're younger, you can be like, oh my God, you're so image focused and so like obsessed with like status and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Now that I'm older, I'm like, if I had a kid, I would care if their their significant other had a job. Like oh, yeah. I would care. That's a practical survival thing that when I'm younger, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're so shallow. And like, it's not about money. But when you get older and you're an adult and you need to be independent, pay for your bills and survive and potentially raise a family or whatever it is, right? Or just honestly, just yourself. I think it does matter that the oh, person yeah. shows a sign that they can be self-sustaining. So it's interesting how attitude shifts the more that we re- we mature as well. Um, and sometimes, I, at least for me with my Korean parents, I've seen that things get lost in translation. That oh, sometimes yeah. they don't know how to explain what they're truly thinking in the same nuanced way that you and I could communicate, the way that yeah. you and I could explain what we mean. They they only have like so many words at their disposal. It's a very, it's a very limited communication. That's another challenge to, to overcome right oh yeah. yeah yeah and then um and then i think for me um what i've been fortunate um with my um with my parents is just learning about just different roles so for me you know um for me my mindset a little bit of like my philosophical um you know when it comes to roles like for me i don't believe in pay, like males like males and female roles in a relationship like for me i Mm. consider it like it's combined like my like the responsibility is shared (laughs) um it's a shared responsibility like for me like sometimes like it's with this um with this currently right now with like the with economics like sometimes it's a it's a two um it's a two income household so right um, just thinking about that. And then for me, I just think like, it's not like, for example, cooking, like, I don't think cooking is just a woman's role. Like it's, it's a responsibility on both ends. I just don't think it's fair for, um, uh, for women to pretty much like go to work eight to five all day and then at night cook and do all that stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's important to have shared roles and responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, of that. And then that's, I was very fortunate to, um, to learn from my parents, like, cause for my parents, like my parents rotated, like my mom would work and my dad would be at home and they would rotate back and forth. So it's a little wow. bit of a balance. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get that. Sometimes you always get, sometimes get the, like, sometimes the father was mainly working and, and then the mom would stay at home. But I was really fortunate of like a little bit of back and forth um, to have, mm-hmm. still have a good relationship with both my parents. Um, so that's something I resonate, but yeah. That's great. Honestly, I I dealt with uh, the unfair situation with the quote unquote unfair, which I do think is unfair. But my parents both worked and then my mom would come home and she would handle food. So I've like I've grown up with my mom working two shifts, which is one being another breadwinner. And secondly, being 
the keeper of the house and the feeder of the family, which I'd honestly, I have had a lot of issues in terms of like giving my father crap about that because he, he doesn't, now he cooks a little bit more, which I think is really cute. Um, <laughs> but it's just our whole lives. My mom has, she's been always working and also providing in terms of feeding and which is a huge job, right. Oh yeah, And childcare. And so I do think that it is great to like, look at that in terms of equity and in terms of balance. And again, it's funny, not funny, but it's just interesting that that's still a newer thing to recognize because the previous generation, there's been levels of inequality and oh, yeah. a double shift that is, it's very gender-based roles that just don't really exist anymore. And in dating now, it's interesting how you're going to assess that about somebody else. Because I used to be really vocal <laughs> as I'm about a lot of things. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm going to date a man who like, you know, has a job, but I want a man that can cook and clean. And <laughs> I said this, right. I remember Kevin, when I was maybe in like college and running my mouth about these expectations to me, I thought were very basic standards. But people told, I, I think someone, in, I think like an aunt or somebody told me that I'm too demanding and I got hella mad. <laughs> I got really <laughs> mad. And I was like, excuse me, how am I, I will do all these things. I'm going to, it's not like I'm saying you have to cook and clean for me and also work. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you need to keep me like, so I can sit and put my feet up and drink lattes all day. It's, I want someone who can do what I would do. How is that demanding? And I got in like an argument. It was with my aunt, but uh, I was just like, you're out of your mind if you think that that's demanding. Like, I was just like, this is the new generation. Like, I'm not going to have it. Da, 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 da. But at the time, you know, I got pushback from my own family saying that I was being ridiculous for wanting a man who knew how to do his own laundry, you know? And so, but here we are in 2020, right? Yeah, and yeah more power to all of us. I think it's an empowering thing that you can cook and clean and care for yourself, whether who and whoever you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then for me, um, I think, you know, there's always going to be a lot of debate when it comes to this. Um, I'm a huge proponent of Dutch uh, split bills. Uh, Like, for example, like for, for, um, for dates. So sometimes like, you know, I, um, I try, like, I usually would, kind of be split the bill um sometimes like i think for me is i just feel that uh, i mean for sure it's going to be ongoing it's an ongoing debate for sure back and forth um for me uh, i'm very huge on like splitting the bill because for me i feel like if i'm always going to pay like everything i feel like the um the i feel like on the other end is like you know how ha- i have to like like do something for him and all that i'm like you know for me it's like, you know, it's, I want to be fair as best as possible. And also like, um, empowering and stuff like, you know, you can, you can cover it too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It creates, it creates an interesting power dynamic. I feel you. And it can be a, kind of an awkward conversation, but I think it's definitely worth having. I, I, yeah, I respect that. I think that that's great. Um, and I'm curious, Kevin, cause we had been talking about this in our back and forth. Now that we are like, I love that we're like almost an hour in, but we're like getting to this, but now that we're in this age of coronavirus and there's been all this social distancing, have you been, um, how, how's been dating been going for you now, now that sure. we're in this um, new normal? So I've been, um, I really feel that right now with the coronavirus and COVID-19, um, I feel like the dating right now is very, um, similar like I was like I was like thinking about it I was like it's very like love is blind 
Like, it's pretty oh my much God, your the show try- on Netflix. Yeah, because you're trying to really connect an emotional in, a, in an emotional way, an emotional mm-hmm. connection, and it's going to be a little bit different, you know, if you really establish that emotional connection. But once the stay-at-home order is released, and like, how is it going to be? Like, once like the like you know really like establish a physical connection. <laughs> so I just right. like really think about it. Um, with that um so for me um i've been doing a lot of like a little bit of some like fun ways to really connect with people so i was on this instagram show kind of they did a parody of love is blind so it's called love is quarantine (laughs) um so it's kind of like a little play on love is blind so what happened was i got paired up with like four women like on a blind phone date i didn't know what they looked like um, mm-hmm. I just got to know them, like just really connect. Like I did not know what they looked like until they reviewed the Instagram videos. Um, so that was really cool. Interesting. You know, for me, I just really wasn't looking for a really truly dating, but it's really cool. It's like, I wasn't really thinking about their looks. Like I just really mattered thinking about like talking and such. Um, mm-hmm. so I did a little bit of that for fun. It was like one episode. So I did that for fun. And then, um, uh, for me, um, I'm talking to someone right now. Um, so, so we met on Hinge. So, so we've been texting back and forth and we did, um, we did FaceTime. Um, so we did FaceTime and just really thinking creative ways to how we can approach dates. So, um, so what we're thinking of, I think our next date is, um, so our first one, we were just doing like drinks. So I had a drink and she had her drink, like, um, what was it? it the one of the, the alcoholic seltzer. Mm, got it. Yeah, a and it had, hard, uh-huh. Yeah, and then I just had like I just had like a like a a beer. So we just chatted and such. And then we were thinking about like um, dinner. Like, what way can we do dinner? So we we're thinking of doing like like for for the other person. So she would order something for me, and I would order something for her. Cute. And then we would <gasps> we would chat over 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 FaceTime some people you know there's different ways like like people would do is like cook the same recipe I don't think I've done that yet or for sure we've um watched Netflix together mm, cute. Netflix together and try to co- like comment on the um the sh- what we're watching because I mean there's like a a like app on Google Chrome called Netflix party so we watch the same thing and make comments about it so That's we, adorable. Yeah, so we did that. And um, and then there's different games. So we're trying to do maybe different games that we can try to work, play remotely um, doing that. Um, some things people were reading, I was reading about was like creating, like go on a virtual tour of like looking oh, yeah, at... Oh yeah, they're doing museums and stuff yeah, like that right now, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of that, you know, like like seeing this monument or museum. So that'll be interesting um, idea that I thought of. And um, something like, I think it'd be interesting, um, you know, but I know it's way too late for the person I'm talking to right now is doing like 36 questions. Oh, okay. Mm, those, I've done that before, even <laughs> when I was in a serious relationship, you know, like after we've been dating for over a year, um, I think that you can still, I, th- oh, yeah. I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like doing that, I think 36 questions, I think for sure it eats up like a good chunk of time. 
And, um, and then for me, that's some of the ways I'm trying to think creatively, um, for right now with the, um, with, with COVID-19, um, as dates. Um, so with that, I think those sound like great (laughs) non-COVID dates too. I think there's part of me that is so excited for humanity to be able to stop and pause and have to do this. There's part of me that's just really excited because, I think my experiences with, with dating apps, you know, it's been, it's been such a unique things because I started years ago and then I got in a relationship, broke up and then, you know, did them again. And so it's been like, it evolves, right? The way that we interact because there's so much stigma against them before and so much hesitation. And now there's so much more acceptance of, of dating apps. And then the expectations have changed. And I genuinely think in so many ways, dating just became such a dumpster fire of like low standards. You know what I mean? And like the, the effort, the, uh, there's so many of these lectures and, and reflections on the state of courtship or dating. No one was courting anybody. It was more like, Oh my God, do I think you're hot? Do you make me laugh? Are you close by? (laughs) Are you available? And it, it, there's so much transactional interactions happening. And because you have so many options, it's just like, People become disposable. You know what I mean? And that to me kind of, it kills the romance. Like where the hell's the romance? (laughs) And it's just very sad in a lot of ways. And granted, like the pros are the pros too. I'm not just crapping all over it. I think there was a lot of great ways to connect with people that you never would have met any other way, right? Like you would never have crossed paths with them and you can explore a lot of different worlds and different people. It's great. But the cons are we weren't being creative. We weren't pursuing each other or getting to know each other and creating actual connection. And so I love that that you're doing that. It's (laughs) honestly really refreshing and really lovely to hear somebody put in effort to to create something that's not just about chemistry and attraction. It's about really spending time with somebody, even when you're like not physically able to be with them, you still get to experience something cool. And that's something that creates a bond. And then hopefully when you can see them in person, that that bond is still there. You can still like have that, right. Or build off of that. Right. I love it. I'm curious too, Kevin, because I, it seems like you've become like, through all these experiences, you become more of a person that's comfortable with yourself and knows yourself because you've investigated, you've taken the time to, to do that. Um, since we are available to each other, I have been asking you a lot of questions. I still sure. have another question, but, sure. um, I'm curious if there's anything that you would want to ask me from, cause like, then we could share this with whoever's listening, anything that you're curious about, like a female perspective or any burning, thoughts that you have that you'd love to get a female perspective on? I want to put that out there. Um, I think for me, like for, for myself, like I think um, a little bit like for me, like what sometimes like I, I for sure I've had some times with dates, like it just didn't, um, you know, for sure it happened like the ghosting. Um, sometimes what I do sometimes is like I, I say, I say, I, I say straight up like it, you know, sometimes I don't really care of getting response, but I, you know, I always like to say my two cents of, you know, of, you know what, like, you know, I really appreciate it. it was really nice meeting with you. Um, but I just feel like, like, you know, I did not get a response. Like, I just think 
that it was like rude and disrespectful. And, and then I just go from there and then I move forward. So what, that's what I, I, I do sometimes because I, you know, say my, my two cents and for me, um, to show that it's not a good thing to do. I know sometimes like, um, sometimes like, you know, people, um, like, like it just drifts. Like that's understandable. But like when there's like intentional ghosting, then like I feel like that's just not. That's just not. Um, it's just not like kind of. It's just just rude of that. The intentional with of it. But sometimes like I usually tra- say my two cents because I. You know what? I don't really care of getting response. But um, but I think for future times, like you maybe won't do that for other people. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want like my two cents on that as a as no, a No, I was just I was, I was sharing but like uh, I was I just sharing yeah. about it. Um but I mean for me like I think um I'm I'm cool. I don't I'm think I don't I don't have any burning questions, but I'm always open to to sharing any questions you have. <laughs> oh yeah. Um well I have I have my two cents, but I'm curious to know first what your thoughts are because sure. when we've talked, you you shared. I remember I don't remember specifically what you said, but I love to kind of sure. bring back that conversation sure. about your perspective being an Asian male sure. in the dating scene because sure. that I think is I've talked about this with like my friend Mike Bo and with yeah. my friend Steve and like it's a, it's a continuing conversation. Again, there's no oh, yeah. one perspective. Oh yeah, but there is there is even like data behind it that you know, on dating apps, um, like comparatively speaking, Asian women do exceptionally well in terms of matches and Asian men are one of the worst in terms of like, yeah, at least in terms of getting, um, matches. And I've talked about this pretty extensively with friends and I'm wondering if that's something that you've talked about with your counselor, what your thoughts are on that or that experience or that perspective. Um, yeah, I'm just curious, like what, what do you think about that? I think for myself, like I, um, I just, for myself, like really think about that. I, I just think like, this is, this is who I am. I'm an Asian male, like Asian American male. I'm like, I, I can't change anything about myself, but only thing I can do is be myself and, and then just really, you know, see if I can click, um, with a person. Like I can try to be the best person I can and I mean, I can't change my race. <laughs> um, I can't change my race. So um, I understand it's it's going to be a struggle. But I sometimes um, some things I I've been working with um, other people um, and with my counselor. I, I always say even jobs. Like I said, it only takes one. Like you know what? Like um, it only takes that one person um, that will truly like you for you and and um i just think it's even though it's gonna be hard obstacle i think uh i think we've we've gone through worse obstacles uh, right now even even obstacle right now with with covid19 and with all the all the xenophobia and everything but we're just we're just going to power through good for you kevin <laughs> If you, I, I well, like if we were allowed to, I'll give you a hug or at least a fist bump. <laughs> I, I, I really respect that. I think you know everybody has their struggles, and oh, yeah. I've gone into arguments or debates about that that whole subject. Um, oh yeah, because people have have 
have looked at like the, I've literally had guy friends, Asian guy friends say oh, yeah. to me like, oh, you're an Asian girl. You don't know what it's like. And I don't because I'm not an Asian guy. So I don't know oh, what yeah. it's like. But I, it doesn't mean that I don't have empathy. Also, like they basically relegate me to like having things so much better, quote unquote, um, which I think is debatable depending on like what you oh, value yeah. and how you measure. Um, oh, yeah. But th- they think like, oh, because so many guys want to hit on Asian girls. And that is like a different experience of like feeling really creeped out and unsafe in a lot of ways. Um, that life is so much better. And so I just kind of like in totality, look at a lot of those things with, with questions of like, well, so then is your goal in life to like, get as many girls as you possibly can. And it's interesting. And I love that, you know, <laughs> that you say it, it takes one, like if you it have one, one person, that's really great. Yeah. Why do you need 50 to like you? But I get it also too, is like on a human primal level that desirability is a big thing. It's a big driving oh, yeah. force and it, it does feed or take away from confidence at times. So I'm not like saying that it doesn't matter. Um, but it's just to like, look at all of these things and like why we value that. And yeah. Because I definitely have struggled that with with that myself in terms of like, oh, wanting to have so many people like me. I'm like, well, does that is that really the thing that's going to tell you that you're a wonderful person is if like so many people want to date you, quote unquote. And like, let's that's a hard that's a very loose term. They want to date you. That's not they don't want to date you. They want they want you. They want parts of you or or versions of you. It doesn't mean that they want you as a person. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a very. It's a very complex world. It's very, but I love the way that you put it. And I really respect the fact that, you know, you, you're just, you're like, it is what it is. And also I'm not going to let that. Oh yeah. It's not good. We're not going to let us. Break my stride. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't. I'm like, and then my thing is like, you know, our parents has gone through worse. So I'm like, I'm like, this is like, um, and also like, I think it's very similar, like debate with like, like height, like sometimes like you know, guys might be a little bit shorter than women, but sometimes women is okay with guys that are shorter. Like, it's fine. Like, sometimes they don't care about the height. I mean, it's kind of like the mm-hmm. same discussion or debate. <laughs> exactly. Th- thank you. Yes. <laughs> I think it's people who make it a thing, it becomes a thing. And yeah. what you're saying, um, and it can take a really long, again, I'm still learning it too. Oh, yeah. Uh, it can take, it can take, uh, it can take those life experiences to really, own that and to find true confidence because at the end of the day, I think what true confidence and being really okay in your own self and your skin is what makes a person attractive. You know, like that's what like attracts like, right? So if you are not good with yourself and um, that can take a while to recognize that, oh, I am actually pretty insecure about X, Y, and Z. And you're wondering why only a certain type of person seems to come into your world. I mean, it also can like help to reflect on what am I bringing to the table? Do I really feel good about myself? Am I trying too hard? Am I chasing people that don't deserve to be chased? It's, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of different questions that arise out of these experiences. So just good on you for like taking those things in stride and learning what you can from them. Cause that's all we can do is just do the best with oh, yeah. what we have and then learn how to own that. And hopefully I think that that will bring in good things in terms of relationships Um, and people really, cause you appreciate yourself. You find other people that can appreciate you. And if they don't, you'll quickly like find that you're not in each other's existence anymore, which I think comes in hand in hand with like ghosting. If somebody is kind of that much of a jerk to not give closure or to be respectful, then like, 
on one hand, that's really annoying and frustrating and you're just going to have to find closure and out of yourself. But on the other hand, good riddance too, a little yeah. bit like then then they don't belong there. They don't deserve your attention. So it is tough. It's tough to like feel the rejection and everything. But I don't know. I think <laughs> I'm really I, I just I'm so inspired by the fact that you're having these really cute dates with the who, is it is all this with one person? Yeah, one person. Yeah. Oh, my God. Adorable. <laughs> Okay, can you like update me and tell me how all these dates sure. are going and then sure. let me know when you meet in person and how sure. that goes? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. I can let you know about that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of um, a good gist of everything. And then for me, like right now, just balancing that. But I think importantly is continually with COVID-19, wash your hands, social distancing. There's yes. no reason to protest right now. Um um, and then, you know, try to support our local businesses as best as possible. So, I, you know, yes. I try my best to support local businesses as best as I can, at least like once or twice a week, um, the best I can. But yeah. Yes. And you you have supported me and my podcast. I appreciate yes. you very much. Um, Kevin, do you have any final words of wisdom besides the I love that you did the shout out and the PSA for everybody to be responsible and take care of themselves? Any Any closing words of encouragement for those who are uh, finding love from here on out? Sure. Um, I would say kind of just, um, I think importantly is I think each day or um, each person that you meet um, through any dating encounters, I think it's always, you can always learn um, or learn from either a teachable moment or, or how to be a better person, um, mm. a better person overall. I think that's my last, that's my overall two cents. And I think that's kind of what, um, overall I like to share because I think um, we can always be a better person um, and then not to not to say is not it's never we always do the scapegoating the blame game of the other person but also it's it's our own uh, acknowledge you know you know there's a part of us that for us to move on and move forward and learn from it too Kevin you're awesome <laughs> I just appreciate you. Thank you so much. If, if people want to follow you, your work, uh, where can they find out more about you if, if you'd like to share? Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, so I do have a Twitter. So it's at Kevin K. Nguyen. Um, so that's my Twitter. And then I do have an Instagram. Um, it's it's at Kevin K. Nguyen. But the Nguyen is uh, N-G-U-Y. Wait, N-G-U-U-Y-E-N. If anything, I'll share it. I'll share it with you. You can put it on your details. Will do. <laughs> I know it's hard to like creating really uh, unique uh, Instagram handles that's easy for people to see because like my name is so common. Yes. I you're one of two. I have two Kevin Winfrey, so <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's so... a blessing. You guys are all blessings <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Yeah, so kind of like that. Um, you know, share my my Twitter, Instagram, follow me, and I'm always open to um, share my experiences or any ways um, I can help too. But yeah, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. I had such a great time talking with you, and I'm looking forward to the updates on on your mystery COVID woman. And yeah. I hope that everything goes well and that you enjoy your dates. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, thank you so much to Martin Yue, my audio engineer and producer for helping make this episode possible. And uh, thank you to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger for the intro. 
And thank you to Uzu Han for his for use of his song Uzu Trap for the outro. And I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. I hope you'll go check out some of the awesome shows that are part of this collective. And uh, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, you think that it could be uh, helpful to somebody. If Kevin has shed some light on some important approaches to dating, to love, and to yourself, feel free to share it with a friend. Uh, subscribe, leave a five star review, become a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast if you can. If not, just thank you so much for the love. And uh, I hope all of you guys love yourselves and stay hopeful and stay uh, safe out there because it's a crazy world, but we're going to be okay. And with that, that's it for this episode. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again, Kevin. Thank you very much. Yeah. Came in 88 with a dream oh so bright eyed. They knew right away, sink or swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting their teeth on the move, nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget at the Golden Arch, super size number two. Cash. Way that the world ain't budging. Gotta make a power move. Deep in the darkest dungeons, I'm digging up my own rule. Hands on the plow. Keep my head down. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. Pay my dues now. Mm, but we're still here and we're going strong it's an exciting time in asian america there are more movies tv shows books and music reflecting us than ever but all of these represent just a small slice of asian american culture and experiences so what do we do tell more slices asian americana is a show that explores these slices of distinctly asian american culture and history We've talked about how Chinese Americans built California's Sacramento Delta, the art scene turns gallery institution giant robot, a play that explores the lost Cambodian pop music of the 60s and 70s, and, of course, Boba, just to name a few stories. You can find Asian Americana at AsianAmericana.com or on your podcast app. And we're getting tired of proving-